Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. everybody, welcome to another episode of CXR's Expertise. I'm Chris Hoyt, President of Career Crossroads, and this is a special segment of our podcast where I grab about 10 minutes with an industry uh, practitioner or a leader, and we get them to share just one thing with our listeners. Now, that one thing might be a lesson learned or a career hurdle or victory. There really are no rules uh, outside of the idea that it should fall within categories that hundreds of talent acquisition leaders told us at CXR were important to their success or their leadership going forward. Now, that means we're typically talking about a range of topics spanning uh, anything from employee wellness to diversity, equity, inclusion, to industry ethics, or any number of trending items in our space. If you're interested uh, in weighing in on what's important moving forward in 2021, you can take part in our 2021 Priorities Benchmark Survey that is open to everyone, and it is actually found within the Research and Reports section of CXR.Works. Now, if you're attending live today, you can participate via the chat feature uh, of our broadcast. Anyone should feel free uh, to ask our guest a question or two. And if we've got the time, we'll make sure to try and answer them. If we don't have time uh, or you think of something later you'd like to ask, you can always join us uh, in our open and free exchange found at cxr.work slash talent talk. So with all of that, uh, I'm pleased to introduce today's guest and a pretty fun topic. So with me is Jim D'Amico, who is the global head of talent at Selenies and who for the last four years, uh, has been the board president for the Association of Talent Acquisition Professionals. Jim, welcome to this expertise. Thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's always good to see you. Agreed. So, uh, it's good to see you as well. So. <laughs> Thanks. Jim, uh, we've got a topic today that is actually, if I'm being really honest, is actually one uh, I really used to enjoy getting into with leaders when we would travel live. This is a really great happy hour topic, I think, uh, and I'm excited to chat you up about it. Uh, obviously, the, the item being how we or, or people fall into recruiting uh, as a profession and why that's okay, and then maybe a little bit of discussion around if we think there should be a better way uh, to find recruiting rock stores or, or if we're just fine the way it is. So I'll answer the last question first. There has to be a better way, right? I mean, just this uh, this random falling in that we all go through uh, seems seems a bit rough. And and for me, it was a series of failures that led me to success. And I think that that's that's often true for folks. But you know, my background is is really kind of different. So I started in the military. I was in the army. Um, I was certainly not the greatest soldier ever produced by the army and really thought I was much more of a lover than a fighter. Um, so, you know, after that, look, I figured I don't have a lot of skills, but I'm at least think I'm a little funny. So I got into stand-up comedy and uh, you've probably not seen me in many movies or Netflix specials because I also was not really good at that. Um, you know, and from there, I fell into sales and from there is how I finally got into recruiting um, because, you know, at some point you eventually have to have money to eat. Um, if you want to go out on dates, the person you're taking out usually appreciates money, you know, busting out with those two for one coupons is never a great move. So 
But, you know, I, as I look back, I learned so many great lessons from these different things. I mean, in the Army, again, although I was not a super soldier, I, re- I learned discipline. I learned tenacity. I learned about getting a job done and not quitting until it's done. In comedy, believe it or not, you know, you, you learn so much about reading people and communicating with people. And as a student of Second City, um, you know, I learned about cooperation and working as a team and really most importantly, not saying no. Um, that was a huge lesson to me that all plays out now so well. Jim, I kind of, are you are you messing with me? I got, I, so I'm just going to tell you this. I had no idea that was your path. <laughs> do you do you okay? You're blowing my mind. So I was in the army. I got out of the army and did stand up for a little while. I I wasn't funny enough to pay the bills, so I had to get a real job. I got it in sales. And, and through being the worst manager in the world, my punishment was to restaff my store, and that's how I fell into recruiting. So, so Chris, I think maybe we have identified the proper path. <laughs> you, you might just be my brother from another mother. Like I, I, this, I'm blown away right now. I had no idea we had such a similar path. Me either. That is amazing. I mean. Look, how many times have we talked before and things like that, and this never came up? That is that is crazy amazing. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Okay, so I, I agree with you. Failure along the way makes for a better almost anything, right? Absolutely almost anything. I'm still blown away. My head's spinning. So, so, so from a delivery standpoint, right, into recruiting, uh, what what's a big, like, what would be the biggest life lesson that you think you took with you in, into recruiting to make you a successful recruiting leader? And, and then part B of that, I guess, is how does that get replicated somewhere else versus, hey, everybody should go to school and study HR to be a recruiter? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson actually came from Second City for me, and that's the concept of improvisational comedy is based on the premise of agreement, right? Instead of saying no, you say yes and, and that's how you continue dialogue. And I think for so long in HR, HR has been the no police, right? They're like, no, no, no. And that's not how you continue dialogue. That's not how you build consensus. That's not how you get to a solution. Yes, and is how you resolve that. And that simple lesson that you learned day one in the that training has probably been the one thing that has served me the most in my career. And do you think that transitions well into any career? I, absolutely. Um, I think it struggles with HR because HR sometimes feels so programmed to say no, but we have to break that, right? Anybody that works for agreement and builds, you know, a team that that cooperates together is going to be successful. I think that when you look, and this is, sorry, this is not a comedy bit here, but, you know, I think HR, we spend not enough time learning business. And I think when you look at business success, you see that that's where it comes from. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, easily translatable. What? There we go. Sorry, I had to unmute. I was trying not to sneeze and I muted myself and (laughs) Zoom doesn't let you unmute yourself. Sorry about that. (laughs) You were were talking like my dad for a second. He's Italian. (laughs) It's just all hands. I thought I was in trouble. (laughs) 
So I did, so so it's kind of an interesting piece, right? Because we're talking about people that sort of fall in. Would you? Where, where would you? How would you give this a real world real world application? Like if we're looking for um, recruiters as leaders, we're typically recruiting recruiters, right? But how does somebody nowadays, right? Because when when you and I fell into recruiting, there it was only just maybe the beginning of internet job postings and just, you know, we're still hovering over a fax machine and no, we don't even say it anymore. Right. So my, my question is now, if you're not studying to be a recruiter, you don't have experience in there. What, how would we hire somebody or are, are leaders still going to take a risk on someone who's coming out of sales into recruiting and at what level? Heck yeah. I mean, I think, I think so, because if you look at the fundamentals of recruiting, it's honesty, uh, it's energy, it's, um, it's honesty, energy, and intelligence. And if you have those three things, then I think that you're going to be successful. We just have to be willing to understand that that's what we're looking for. I don't care what ATSs you've worked with. I don't care, um, you know, what Boolean search strings you know how to write. If you have those three things, you can be successful. Those three things are, are foundational, I think, in basically any role. We just have to come to accept it and then take the responsibility of building on that as leaders for our team. We don't hire somebody as plug and play. We have to take the time to, to build them and to nurture them uh, to be really successful. You know, we all fell into it, but hopefully when we fell into it, somebody took the time to do that for us. That's why we're, we're still around this many years later. Or we were just funny in the break room. We were just funny enough. Exactly. To... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to be said for, um, uh, folks of our generation who have maybe who maybe fell into recruiting, I think there is an element of, and I've always been a fan of this, learning agility. So the ability, yes. right? So it doesn't matter what system you've been in, but to be able to come in and learn as you go and quickly adopt, and I think that works for any industry, not not just recruiting, right? Absolutely. You know, if you were in the army, like people think we're taught rigid ways of doing things, you have to be agile, right? I mean, you just absolutely have to. There's the right way, the wrong way, and the army way, and you need to know how to move between all three. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Jim, let me ask you on your recruiting team: How many yeah. of your folks are uh, have a background? If you had to guess, right? Um, how many of your folks on your recruiting team, uh, or even just your favorite recruiters, who won't just do your team? Do you think have a background where they also fell into recruiting? Not not were a coordinator and became a recruiter, or were in HR and did a lateral move? Like how many? just fell out of the sky into recruiting? Oh my gosh, uh, almost all of them. There's very few people I know that have, have grown up in it. And part of it is because we haven't done a great job of creating a career path in it um, for folks. Um, that's problematic, but also it's just, I love these stories. I could sit around all day talking to people about how they fell into this because we all have these unique, amazing, wonderful paths that make each of us you know, who we are, and we all learn from each other's past. So, I mean, very few do I know that said, you know, I grew up playing interviewee and candidate. This is what I've always wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there about doctor versus interview and candidate, but we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to that maybe on, maybe on an uncorked segment, right? I think it's really interesting when we're talking about um, how, like how, like uh, we used to joke and say that, um, the, the recruiting folks that we love the most are almost like they're from an island of misfit toys, right? And it's because there's such a diverse background and they all sort of fell together. I wonder 
I wonder what would happen to our dynamic uh, if there truly was a formalized track, you know, education track and go to college and kick out of college and, be, you know, immediately be a certified uh, or to begin starting a career. Do you think, how, what do you think that would do to this space for us? I think it would do miracles. One of the biggest things that is, to me, is a tragedy um, is how many people come into our field from that island of misfit toys every year and leave and leave broken and, um, you know, just disappointed and damaged and they leave and they're not, they're certainly not evangelists for the work that we do. So I think having a program where we could, you know, really build people up in a, you know, safe, college environment where you're learning, you're allowed to make mistakes, you're getting the, the tutelage that you need would provide the foundation, not just for amazing recruiters to, to serve, you know, the industries that we serve now, but also that's the foundation for the leaders down the road. I mean, look, look at this. This is getting really, really gray. I don't have much longer. And, and preach, I, need brother, to, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need somebody to, to step in and, and be those next leaders. And I think we have to, we have to start from the beginning on that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know too many, uh, education programs or curriculum that are geared that way. Uh, but I would, I would love to see more of those developed. I think a lot of organizations would get behind them, but I also think that there is something to be said for the diversity of thought uh, in that pool that we swim in now, right? Because we've got all these misfit toys, because we've got comedians and sales salespeople and you know people who are doing stuff we've never even heard of before they just found out they were amazing at recruiting, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I don't think it's an all or nothing, right? I think we you know, it's, it's bring the best of both worlds together. All right, good stuff. But look, Jim, we've always been a fan of you and the heart, the, the big heart that you put into the industry. Uh, and it's the insight and heart that we want to say thank you to today. We really appreciate you giving us a few moments and letting our listeners get to know you a bit more. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I, I love catching up with you. And it sounds like we need to have another conversation about uh, some past experiences pretty soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I just like, I am, I, my mind is blown. I can't believe that we have such a very similar kick into recruiting. Look, uh, everybody out there that's listening, next week we've got an equally fun guest, Marin Hogan. She is the CEO of Red Branch Media. It's a marketing and advertising firm uh, based in Omaha, Nebraska. Now, she and I are going to talk about a topic that isn't always easy to talk about. And that's why doing good, doing the right thing, isn't always easy, and how it sometimes might not even feel right when you're running a business and you're trying to survive uh, in some of these challenging times. So until then, we hope uh, we'll see everyone online at cxr.work slash talent talks. Make sure that you subscribe to the CXR podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, or just about anywhere else you listen uh, to your favorite podcast. You can get those details at cxr.work slash podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.